Hey everyone, I'm your host Angelica and welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast where we educate and empower women how to tap into their secret superpowers and get everything they want out of life. Thank you for listening. And we're live. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast. I'm here with Mike Chulo, my fiance. Mike Chulo. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have to come up with a new intro because this is the awkward part of our podcast. Uh, you just yeah. look at me and I look at you and it's like, okay, well, what's next after that? So today's a special day. We're doing this on a Wednesday, Thursday. Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. We're filming this on Thursday because Mike is leaving to his bachelor party ooh, ooh. and I am having my bachelorette party. Hey. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? This is the longest time you and I have been away from each other. Three days. And having fun without each other. Like, that's crazy. Oh, you're going to be having fun without me? (laughs) But yeah, I guess like we're both really excited. This is one step closer to our wedding. So, and you guys, you're going to have a good time with your friends. I'm going to have a good time with mine. Like we're literally, I have to leave in one hour to leave for the airport. So we're, we're squeezing this in before I leave so that we could drop this on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the smile on your face. Okay. Well, today's episode is toxic things I used to do. I feel like this is such an important like subject to talk about because everybody has toxicity in them, some more than others. Um, I also feel like a lot of people don't know what their toxic traits are or have a hard time admitting that they have, that they are the ones that are toxic. So Mike and I are going to be talking about our toxic traits that we used to have, that we did a lot of self-work on and that we don't have anymore. Of course, we're not perfect. Sometimes they do slip up, but we are very self-aware at this point and we know that you know, when those toxic traits are coming up to kind of like, you know, suppress them, calm down, recollect and, you know, go back to the tools that we have to kind of be more positive and not toxic, you know? So do you want to go first? No, no. I want you to go first. I want to kind of play off you because I, I want to see where you went with it. I'm curious. Okay. Um, my toxic dream, my number, I wouldn't go down on a list because I just jumbled everything together, but I would say one of my toxic traits that I used to have is I used to always, I would say I disrespected you when we got into fights. Um, I would scream, I would close doors, I would get loud, I would swear. I would just like get very mouthy. And I thought that, I guess that stemmed from me being just, I don't know what it stemmed from. I just thought like, okay, the louder you scream, the disrespectful you get, the more that person will get scared of you and the more they'll back down and just be calmer. But that was never the case. And of course, you know, when Mike is very ultra masculine and then there's me screaming at the top of my lungs or swearing or yelling or just leaving the room and slamming the door, um, I felt that was like, very, I did that and I disrespected you a lot doing that. And I, that's something that I don't do anymore at all. Um, we went through, <laughs> we went through a lot and it took time. And then I realized that that was something that I needed to change. And I did, um, I guess now we just call a timeout and we go our separate ways. And I guess whoever 
really started kind of the argument and the first one to leave is the one that comes back right uh it it, it differs I, I i don't i don't necessarily think it's always like whoever started the fight is the one that comes back but um i guess whoever is like ready yeah yeah it's usually whoever's ready First. Yeah, but because it, it goes back and forth, sometimes it, it's you. It, it's kind of, kind of. It's it usually goes to whoever knows uh, deep down that they were the one that started. Yeah, like, that, yeah. like they're reflecting and they're like, "Yeah, I was kind of just being a bitch." And like, I'm, I'm not saying you. I'm saying like, I'll say that to myself too. Like, I've, I'll come up to you and be like, "I'm sorry, I was being a little bitch." Yeah. Sometimes I'm just feeling a little emotional myself, and something is a bigger deal that in that moment than. It really is. And when yeah. I have time to kind of calm down and think about it, I'm like, wow, you're being a little, you're being a yeah. little bitch right now, bro. Well, sometimes that's how I feel. It's like when we give ourselves a timeout because we know things are not going the right way or we know that we're just disagreeing with each other and none of us kind of want to back down, then we usually just, you know, it's at night. If we have a little disagreement, then we'll just sleep it off and be all lovey-dovey in the morning and then come at it from a different place. And then... Yeah, so we just give each other timeouts. I guess that's how we resolved it. Yeah, that exactly. So And and it's the level of love and respect that I have for you that mm -hmm. doesn't let me get to that point anymore because I'm just like why am I going to disrespect and get loud with someone that I still want to have in my life and that I want to be with. It's like you would never disrespect your family members and call them names and scream and shout. You would di never disrespect your friends and all that stuff. So why would you disrespect your partner, the person that you love, you share this connection with? And it's like, I feel like that just, you know, grows people apart because the more times you say stuff when you're mad, it's not like you can just come back and be like, sorry, I said all this stuff when I was mad. It's like, no, like deep down inside, you were feeling some type of way and your excuse was, oh, it's because I was mad and I let it out. So I would say bite your tongue. And as a woman, you should never let yourself get to that point. And yeah, there, there's no reason to go to war with the person that you love and care for. But since the title of this podcast is toxic thing, toxic things I used to do. You and I had some really good screaming battles at this house. You know, we went to war and, uh, so <laughs> it's, that was part of the toxic traits that we both had is that we both, uh, were too prideful and we both would, uh, be immature and allow our emotions to get the best of us. And now, like you said, we kind of have this barrier where we know when we're about to start going down that road. And I think anybody that's in a relationship can relate. You know, they know you get that feeling, that mm -hmm. negative feeling. And, and you're like, oh, this isn't this isn't going to go down a good road if I keep this up. And so that's when I start to be like, hey, well, maybe I'm just misunderstanding you right now. Or, hey, I'll call myself out immediately. Honestly, hey, right now I'm just super tired. Like my filter's low. Like. You know, I'm just, and when I say my filter is low, I got that from my dad. It's like the filter that you use to be a nicer person is like non-existent at the moment because you're mm -hmm. tired, or you're drained or whatever. And so or when I'll call myself out the bear. on that. Yeah, poking the bear. Picking, poking <laughs> the bear. Like, you know, like sometimes women, I yeah, don't know what it is with buttons. women, but they would like, they'll push you and push you to the point where you explode. And then once you explode, we start to think that we're the victim. 
And oh, I had yeah. that problem a lot yes. is I would push him and push him and I would scream and yell and say all these things. And Mike would just be like, yo, you're poking the bear right now. You're poking the bear. And then when he did explode, I was so like shocked that he exploded. And then he would say what he need, whatever what's on his mind. And then I would play victim and then I would feel sorry. And then, you know, he would feel bad that he was screaming at me, even though I drove him to that point. So it was very toxic, yeah. you know, but we've come a long way from that where now I respect when we call each other, like when we say timeout, he either goes for a walk, I go for a walk, he goes watches TV, I go watch TV. And then it's like, we think about it and we're just like, I can't stay, I don't want to stay mad at you, you know, and I don't want to disrespect you. Like it just, it's so, our love for each other is just so different now that we worked on those toxic traits together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was that was mine was yours no i mean that that's good i mean uh just i just want to reiterate how toxic it really was you know what i'm saying like it, there was times where i i would never <laughs> i would never hit you but there were moments where i wanted to and like because i would get so angry with you and i'm sure people can relate like you know you want to just smack the other person because you're just <laughs> so angry yeah that's, toxic but that's but your own now demons, yeah for sure you're absolutely right they were but that's and how it's yeah. i don't ever get to that point anymore because we stop these uh escalations from happening like right in the very beginning when you start to see a little spark creating that fire you're like blowing it out you're getting you're throwing a little water on it before you're like oh i know that's going to create a bonfire if i if i like kind of let that thing go so um that's a big piece and and really the best one is like you said is a timeout just going in the other room taking deep breaths even just being like okay oh, cool I'm, I'm gonna enjoy the next couple hours by myself that's fine yeah. you know what whatever you know, and I'll be sitting there like, whatever, she's, you know, this, this, and that. And then after like an hour, I'm like, eh, she's fine. Yeah. I love her. And then like an hour goes by and then either you come in or I go find you and then it's fine. So, but, and that's so much healthier than staying and being like, cause I used to be, uh, I, I dealt with very bad, um, uh, abandonment issues. Same. And so if I was in the middle of a fight with somebody and they walked out on me, that was like one of my worst fears. Like I didn't understand the concept of a timeout because I thought that was you leaving me forever. So it was recognizing that and and working with you know you and building that trust over time to know that you're not going anywhere and it is okay to take a timeout. And that was really, I think, encouraged by one of the books we read. Um, I think it was Relationship the- Relationship Uh-huh. That was where it recommended taking those, those timeouts. And so you and I kind of got on the same page by reading that book together and then it made the timeout okay. Yeah. Because no, you have totally to have it. the discussion as a, as a couple about the timeout when you're not fighting, mm -hmm. right? You can't call a timeout and it's never been discussed before in the relationship. Like you, when you're good with the person, you should be like, hey, I was thinking we could have like a safe time if you and I get mad at each other in the future, you know, call the like timeout. Like a safe word. Right, right, know? right. If, like, if okay. we say timeout, it's like, okay, that means shut the fuck up. Well, <laughs> we're that, that we're, mean, we're that spending means, some time apart. That means I respect you enough. That literally translates when we call each other a timeout. We say, I respect you enough to not let myself go to that point and not let myself get disrespectful for whatever the situation may be. So I'm 
calling a timeout so I can have a timeout for myself so I can recollect my thoughts and feelings and then approach you in a different way and in a different mindset than what I originally had planned if I blew up right then and there. Mm -hmm. That's what it translates to. So that's a conversation that you should definitely have with your partner or whoever it may be. And just literally be like, hey, the safe word is timeout. When you see your when you're on edge and you see yourself getting to that point, say timeout. I have to respect your boundaries. And if I call a timeout, then you have to respect mine. That doesn't mean go running after the person. That doesn't mean hold the person back. That doesn't mean have a texting war after. It literally means both of you are in timeout. And that does not yeah, mean good point. Don't text. And that does not mean either like, hey, I'm breaking up with you or you're breaking up with me. A timeout just means go do your thing. I'm gonna do mine. And when, when one of us is feeling some sort of way, come recollect, talk about it from a different mindset. Such a good point though. The whole texting thing, I was the guilty one of that. So we would take that time out. And then when those first started, then I just start sending text messages. <laughs> That's, it's like, oh, the That's of- so much worse. Yeah. So do not send text messages during timeout. Um, um, I would say the next one, or did you want to? No, know? no, no, please. The next one is. Let's find out how toxic I- you are. Well, you didn't write anything down, so... I got all my notes right here. Okay, that's a good I was list. writing them out in real time. <laughs> it's a good, good list. list. Thanks. Um, the next one I have is threatening to leave. So Mike and I both Ooh, have... Yeah, that's a good one. Mike and I both have or had abandonment issues. And I guess like in the middle of conversations, I would be like, I'm just so done with this. And for him, I would just be like, I'm so over it. I'm so done with this. And I would just leave. And for him, it's like, wait done with what? Like, are you done with the relationship? Are you done with me? Like, what are you done with? And then I would kind of just like leave the room out of sight, out of mind, like quote unquote, that was my timeout. But I guess the toxic thing in me was I never meant like break up, but I wanted him to think that, which was, which was super, super talk. I kind of left it like open ended. Right. And then after when we would talk about it, he'd be like, well, what did you mean by like, you're so done with her? You're so over. I was like, oh, I'm done with arguing with you. (laughs) Like, I'm done with the conversation. But if the roles were reversed and Mike kept saying that to me, like, damn, it would, it would make me feel like shit for those hours, times where you're not talking to me. I'd be like, what is he doing? Like, is he just going and messaging like other girls because he's done with me? Like, is he going to, is he packing up all his things? Like, what does he mean? And I guess like for me, like that was also very immature, you know, imagine fighting with someone all the time and then always saying, I'm just so done with it. I'm so over with it. It kind of, I'm, I'm just done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm over it. Bye, like, Michael. Th- this, this is this is just too much now. Yeah. This, this is too much. I'm like, what? Yeah. I thought we were just having an argument. Yeah. So it was it was very that was very toxic of me. And now I don't I don't let myself get to that point. Now I'll actually say, hey, I'm just done arguing, or I'm so done with this argument. Yeah, I'm done with this discussion. Yeah, but to let him know, like, yo, I'm just over this discussion. I'm not over us because I never want him to think like, oh, she's so easy to leave. Because I felt like that's what it was in the beginning. It's like, oh my god, like through thick and thin, you know. But she's so easy to leave. So now I don't even have that in my vocabulary. I never think like, oh, I'm just done. I'm taking a break. I'm breaking up with you kind of thing. Like that's not in my mindset. My mindset is like, yo, we're just arguing right now and we're going to be good because I love you so much. And this is just a stupid argument that everybody gets into. And that's it. Wow. I'm as you're talking, I'm just like reflecting on how grateful I am that you're not doing that anymore. And it just makes me so happy. 
I want to I want to bring up one. So um, one that I was guilty of, I think, for the first like six months of our relationship was bringing up exes. So I would consistently figure out like little ways of bringing up ex-girlfriends into old stories. I don't think I would say their names, but I would just say tell you all these cool stories and then they just would always happen to involve an ex and then you were you would you would stay silent about it. You didn't say a word about it for like 6 months. And the reason now looking back why I did it is because I was trying to build up my status and I was insecure that you were going to leave me if you didn't think I was a high status male. So I would bring up all these different stories of these cool things I did and with the different girls I did them with because I would do that to all the other girls I had dated in the past to let them know like, hey, you you know, like I'm, I can be with anybody, you know, and, and kind of just letting them know that in an indirect way. But I remember about six months in to the relationship, you one day got really upset about it and I realized- I think I bursted to like tears. You did, you started crying like really bad and you just told me how much it hurt your feelings when I would do that and I just it broke my heart and I never did it again after that day there might have been like a slip up on accident you know in the yeah. in that that year and a half after but I never went out of my way to ever bring up a story again on purpose because I knew what I was doing and it was super toxic and it was super manipulative and well it's also the fact that I stayed silent but I don't know why I stayed silent, to be honest. I kind of just didn't want to let it seem like it got to me. Like, oh, I don't care about your exes. But I feel like the more I put that in my heart, the more I resented you for it. Mm -hmm. And then one day when you mentioned it, I just blew up and I started crying and started telling you like how it makes me feel and all that stuff. But now what, even when you mentioned on the podcast, it's like, I totally get it. But what I appreciate is that you say like, Hey, I don't want to disrespect you or like, Hey, I hope you don't mind. But, and then you tell a story because it's relevant to the conversation. You're not just bringing it up saying this like, oh, I went on vacation with this, like with my ex, like you did before. Right, well, I respect you now, that's the difference. Yeah, so you didn't in the beginning. No, I don't think I respected any woman. And 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 that's actually another one of the things I wanted to bring up when I was in a toxic mindset. And I know for a fact that a lot of guys think this way. Like, I thought women were less than. And I know that sounds terrible to say, but I thought because a woman like that I was gonna meet was not gonna be able to make the amount of money that I made or maybe they wouldn't have done the amount of self-work that I had done, or maybe I was smarter than them. Like this was like really what was going on in my back of my head. And but it was you know, really, a lot of men think that way. I, oh, I know. And and it was such a toxic thing, way to think because I thought I was superior in all these ways when in reality, like, um, like we heard, you know, at church, like last week, it's like, no, I was just superior at being a man, but a woman is superior at being a woman. Amen. And, and the thing that I learned with being with you is like there's so many things and so much value that you bring to the table that I wasn't even aware of uh, that a woman could bring to uh, life and to a relationship and, you know, just, just to a family. So it, there was, like, I just, I guess I, I can just say in part of my toxicity, the reason I disrespected you was that I didn't respect any woman. And that's probably because maybe at the time they came easy to me, right? Or I saw like maybe with having money, I thought, you know, they all just wanted that. And so it just made me like degrade them. Like, okay, you're just, you just want money. You just want status. You and it's just, like, what, what can you do for me? Right, right, exactly. And so I was just like, okay, well, 
And then I had been to through relationship through relationship. So it was just kind of like, well, like there was yeah. just no respect there. And so I would just, and, and I knew in the back of my head, I was like, well, where the, where are you, where else are you going to go? Like, who else are you going to meet this age that looks this way, that makes this money? And I was just so arrogant and it just made me so toxic. So I'd have to put on this front, like I respected you and put on this front, like I was uh, all about you. But in reality, in the back of my head, I was like, yo, like this girl's like freaking, she's got it so lucky. She's got it so good. You know, she, she, you know, she's, she, she's uh, like, I just like, I, I don't even know how to say it. It was like almost like this reverse entitlement type of like feeling where you weren't acting entitled, but I was actually uh, projecting that on you. Like you were like, you were acting super entitled. And cause I would, I just wanted to think less of you. Like, Oh, well, she's just, you know, like there was like literally that back in my head, like, oh, she's a gold digger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and I know a lot of guys that think this way, especially successful guys. I know a lot of them that think this way. So I was just, um, kind of, you know, and that's what a lot of me and my guy friends would talk about. Like that, 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 what I just said over the last like three minutes, four minutes, as horrible as that sounds, that's the way a lot of guys think. And I think part of that, um, is definitely... Uh, the man's fault, right? Just immaturity. And obviously now that I've learned and grown, I've seen it, but also a big part of it is the woman's fault too. Like it, it, and, and it's, it's the fact that they haven't demanded that respect. They haven't held themselves to a higher standard like you do. And when, as you made all these changes, God, it's so crazy looking back. Like there's such a mutual respect now. And and like, I love you so much. And, and, and it's more than it's, yeah, it's, it's a total respect. And I just never, I never had that for another woman until you, but it wasn't even you in the beginning. It was after your transformation. It was after you read all these books. It was after you did all the work. It was once you found your purpose. It was once you like, it was just this steady, uh, um, kind of like gradual increase in respect month over month as I got to know you better. Uh, and, and now it's just like, I, you know, I put you on a pedestal, you know, uh, but because you put me on a pedestal, it's not like it's unfairly balanced. It's the queen and the king. Amen. So yeah, if you want to, tr- if you want to be treated like a queen, you got to treat your man like a king. And if you want to, tr- what is it? And vice versa. You forgot. That works. Okay. So I, my next one is venting to my friends and family about my partner oh that's this good. case mike so the problem with me and of course you like i guess i just never wanted to feel alone and i felt like i was always alone when we were going through these like you know arguments and all that stuff and i didn't know what to do so i kind of like would always vent and complain to my friends or my family and now looking back i'm just like damn like i should have never let other people come into the picture i should keep our dirty laundry within our relationship but luckily for me is i had a great group of friends and i knew who to ask for for advice and i had a great family that always gave me that loves mike that loves our relationship that wants to see us together so they always played devil's advocate with me and majority of the time i was wrong I was wrong because I was just being immature and I was young and I just didn't understand, but they really helped me to see the other side of what's going on. And then I made the decision myself. 
But what I'm telling you right now is that a lot of friends are not that way. Mm. You go to your single friends and they'll just say, screw him, leave him. He's such a jerk. He's such a bad guy. And if I kept going to those friends that wanted me to party with them, that wanted me to be single with them, that wanted me to travel and do all these things, and I listened to them, Mike and I probably would have not been together. Right. And they, as my single friends, that if I went to those people for advice, because I picked and choose, I feel like there was only one friend that I actually went for, for advice. And she was single, but she always respected me and loved me and played devil's advocate with me. So she was the only friend. And then I went to my family. But if I went to my other single friends, A, they pro- they are jealous of the relationship m- me and Mike have and the man that I found to have in my life that kind of swooped me away from them. And they probably would have been like, yo, screw him. He doesn't get you. Oh, you should be single. Oh, whatever, whatever. And if I listened to them, I probably would have been like, yeah, screw him. I don't want to be with him. And that would have created a lot of conflict within our relationship. Not only that if you air your dirty laundry to everybody, everybody is going to have their input and thoughts and feelings on the whole situation. And they don't even know what we're really going through. They don't know our emotions, you know, that we keep inside the house. They don't know both sides of the story. They only know mine. So my advice is, is that you either go to a therapist and talk about your problems B, you go to your partner and talk about your problems with your partner because that's how things are going to change. Or C, you find somebody that you really look up to and that you want that kind of relationship and you ask them for advice. Don't go to your single friends because your single friends, again, they're jealous. They don't want to see you, you know, you know, live life and just be with the man that you love. Exactly. So I'm just saying, be super aware. I'm thankful that I had a good, you know, that I had a good group, but I was also very cautious of who I spoke to. And I also cut off a lot of people that I knew that didn't want us to be together, you know? And it's sad to say, like I had to cut off my close best friend because she didn't want us to be together. And that's, that's how I felt. That was my energy. Could have been wrong, but like that's the energy that I got from it. But that's how serious it was. It had to get to that point. And yeah, so I would say don't vent and don't complain about your partner to other people. It's super immature as well. And I, I already listed the three people that you should vent to. And I feel like I should, you should keep it that way. I agree. And I think the other thing, you might've said this, and if you did, I just didn't catch it, but you also tarnish the re- tarnish the reputation of the mm-hmm. person. So like, let's say you're talking all this crap because you're emotional or I'm emotional. I'm venting one, to one of my boys about you. And the next time they see us, it's like, we're, we're totally good and jolly and holding hands and kissing and everything's fine. They're going to be like, oh, that's a toxic relationship. And they're going to have less respect for you mm-hmm. because of the mean things I said to you about, um, uh, to them about you. And they're also going to just have less, uh, faith in the relationship. Like, Oh, they're not going to make it. You know? So we want to be a strong united front. We want to be extremely like, like when people talk about Mike and Ange, it's like, Oh man, they are solid. Like they're in love. love. Like they have it figured out. Like, and it's like, no, you know, like, yes, we were in love and all that, but <laughs> we don't have to figure it out a hundred percent. You know, like there's always going to be room for improvement and that's, and, and, but, but, what, what, but to, but to Angie's point, you know, we just don't air our dirty laundry. I really try hard to just allow time, 
uh, typically time, as long as you're not dealing with somebody that's a ton of red flags, right? Mm -hmm. Like time is the best healer. So time and God. Yeah. So those two things. And then, you know, again, like Ange said, if you need to go to somebody, go to somebody that's in a position like for me in business, right? Like I want people on my advisory board that are where I want to be. Your mentors. Right. My mentors. So it's like, okay, well, do you own a really successful, huge business like I want to build? Well, then you can be on the board. Do you have a a really happy and successful marriage and you're you're filled with the presence of God and you know you're 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 surrounded by great people? Okay, I want you on my board. And it's like we all have our own advisory boards in life. You don't need a company to have an advisory board, but who are those people that you pull from? Because also within your let's say, quote unquote, advisory board, there are certain people that you go to for certain things. Like, I'm not going to go to the one guy that maybe is, you know, um, jumping from girl to girl, jumping from girl to girl, but but but's a billionaire. I'm not going to ask him about relationships, but I will ask him about how I can scale my business. Whereas the other guy, maybe he doesn't have the biggest business in the world, or maybe he's just a regular, you know, just blue collar kind of guy. And that's cool. Uh, but maybe he's got the most love filled home that I've ever seen. It's yeah. like, well, I'm going to go to him for my relationship advice. So it's, it's recognizing that there's not always going to be a mentor that fits checks all the boxes, they might check one of your boxes and you just know you kind of keep them in their lane. Like I go to this person for that and I go to this person for that. Yeah, it's kind of just like, don't ask somebody for advice you don't want your life to be like. Yeah, that's good. And also, I can't believe I forgot to mention, I said therapist, I said your partner, and I said somebody that you look up to. I totally forgot God. Yeah, God's a a great one. That's my main one now. Like I, and that's how we keep our, um, I I don't want to say dirty laundry, but that's how we keep like our arguments inside kind of the household is if him and I are fighting, the person that I go to now is I go to God. I talk to him, I pray, I read the Bible, I do all these things and I pray, I say, hey God, like I know that you saw our fight and I just say like, <laughs> and I just say like certain things and what it's a like, cutie. yeah, but it, it makes, it makes me feel so much better because I know that he's listening and I'm telling you like God, like the way that he like fills my heart and then I start like reminiscing, it's like, well, don't be like, it tells you in the Bible, like don't be mad for so long, like, you know, like love like respect your husband and love your wife and it's just like if i know all these things that god tells me why am i you know feeling this way like i don't need to vent to anybody else you know i have all the tools god is already my the biggest therapist i could have and he's always there with me so now i just pray to him i talk to him and he gives me advice and then i just use it so that that's that's how i overcome and i feel like i'm never alone because of that (laughs) If you could see what I see, her eyes are just lit up. She's got a huge smile on her face. It's just like, it's amazing how much God has transformed you, you know, in just a very short period of time. And it's such a blessing to watch. Thank you. So, um, I'll, one of my more toxic traits was social media. Uh-huh. So my social media account, you know, had a lot of followers and I had traveled around the world and I flexed on it and, uh, I would post my cars on it. And, uh, even after we were together and <clears throat> not going to lie, felt real good to get likes from other girls, not going to lie, felt good to get DMS from other girls like that felt good. And I would just find myself scrolling through social media, just lusting over them and, and that's no good. You know, it's it's not good. Like, honestly, porn 
and social media are probably as a man some of the worst things that you can do to your to yourself because and to it, your relationship to your relationship well yeah both because it ultimately puts you in a state of dissatisfaction because no matter how beautiful your wife is or your girlfriend or your fiance or whatever like there's always going to be somebody on Instagram that has that filter done and have completely edited their photo. Or half naked, there's going to be somebody with butts, There's going like, to be somebody know? with bigger boobs. There's going to be somebody with a smaller waist. There's going to be somebody with a bigger butt, right? Or conversely, there's always going to be a guy with a more expensive car. There's always going to be a guy with a bigger house. There's always going to be a guy flying in the private jet. Like you can always find a guy that's more successful and you can always find a girl that's more beautiful, but it's all fake. Most all of it is fake. So 99% of it isn't real. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, is if it is real, a lot of those people are miserable. A lot of these girls that are posting all their photos and trying to look beautiful, they, they you know, there's not much depth to them and it's all about selfies and it's all about taking photos and it's all about the money and it's all about the experience. And same thing with a lot of these guys like, yeah, great. You know, they have these Instagrams where they're, they're traveling the world and they, they are in the private jets and they're driving the fancy cars, but they're total assholes or they're totally arrogant and they're not down to earth at all. And they're just going to use you and throw you away. So it's like you get on, you get on Instagram. And by the way, I'm talking from somebody that was on it for years. I had over a hundred thousand followers. I was extremely engaged with it. It was like part of my life. And I shut it down a little over a year and a half ago. I haven't even had social media in over a year and a half. And I will tell you right now, it was one of the best decisions I ever made for myself, uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, and also one of the best relationship, uh, 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 things I could have ever done for our relationship. Because it's, it's like, if you're an alcoholic, right. And you go to a bar once in a while, you're going to be okay, right? You're probably going to hold it together, right? You haven't had a drink in years. You can you can go to a bar once in a while. There's a party and you know you want to be one of your friend's birthdays and you're like, yeah, I'll show up, of course, and you're going to get a water, whatever. And it's like, like you can do that once in a while, no problem. But if you're an alcoholic and you start showing up to the bar every single day, you're eventually going to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly like it is for men. Like if you keep watching porn every single day, or you keep on uh, being on social media, following a bunch of uh, attractive women and lusting over them, like you're eventually going to uh, fall to your, uh, what you've been tempting yourself to do for so long. So if you remove porn and you remove uh, uh, following, um, you or know, being on social uh, media, being on social media, yes, at the extreme. I mean, I would prefer just everybody in the world to get off mm-hmm. of it because I think it's so toxic. But um, at the very least, if you don't follow other attractive women and lust over them, then ultimately you're going to start only looking at your wife as the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen, right? Like, like there is something that happens where when you know porn is not being watched and you are not on social media, the person that you're with becomes even more beautiful because you're like you're my only outlet of pleasure and you're my only outlet of love. And so since you're my only one, you become cuter with your makeup off. You become more beautiful when you put on that like sexy dress and heels. Like I'm more sensitive to it and I can lust over it more than if I was desensitized by being on social media and be desensitized by watching porn that I'm not going to appreciate you near as much. It's like a real thing. It's a chemical reaction in your brain where you're dropping huge loads. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) 
of of serotonin in your brain when you watch porn and orgasm. So that's really destroying your mind. And same thing when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see beautiful woman, beautiful woman, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. It's doing serotonin like it's just dripping it in your brain and it feels good. And so it's like there's a like a, a I heard this one time. It's crazy. Like when we were cavemen, right? Or even like let's just say a hundred years ago when there was no social media, right? And and there was really no TV and you would just walk down the street. You might see a handful of really beautiful women in your life. Mm-hmm. You can open up your phone right now and see millions. Yeah. With edited photos, well, with everything made perfect, with no you know blemishes. And because I've seen, I've seen behind the, the, the scenes on, on how you can edit and it's insane. So it's like, it, it's all fake. Almost none of them look as beautiful in person and it just destroys your brain. It destroys your relationship. And I just could not like it is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm harping on this for a long period of time because I cannot tell you how important it is and how much it's improved me by not being on it and not tempting myself. Well, first of all, I think, yeah, mic drop. First of all, I think it's super sexy that you don't have Instagram. Like, I think somebody that has that, like everybody in the world has Instagram and people come up to Mike now and they're like, oh, what's your Instagram? And Mike goes, I don't have Instagram. And they're like, what? You don't have Instagram? Like, it's so rare to find somebody nowadays. It's like, yeah, I got got, like important things to do, like building businesses and spending time with my family and going to the gym and traveling and doing anything else. Huh? You interrupted me. Oh, my bad. I was in my thought process. My bad. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. (laughs) Um... Well, now I lost my train of thought. No, you were doing great. You were talking about um, all the things. <laughs> You're so <laughs> annoying. But yeah, and it's it's very rare to find a man that does not have social media. Right. And I feel like a lot of women now, they have a problem with that because they're just like, well, how do I get my man to stop looking at naked girls? And it's all about like, when it comes to porn, it's all about um, fantasies. And then when you do have, you know, intercourse, when you do have sex with, your girlfriend or your or your wife you kind of just start thinking about porn and then when your wife can't do the certain things or your significant other can't perform as well as the girl that you know watching porn that gets paid to yeah Yeah. that gets paid to and that's her job you kind of just like start being like well i'm gonna find somebody that can do this and it's so unrealistic and porn is an addiction that everybody needs to stop and then when it comes to Instagram, it's kind of just like you have one click of the button and then you have so many options, you know? So it is, it is very scary. And I know a lot of women, they come to me and they just, you know, they're just like, well, how do I get my man to stop doing this? And how do I get my man to stop like liking photos and then all that stuff? Don't, don't, don't play this for him and be like, oh, be more like Mike. Don't do that. That's a surefire way to get the opposite result of what you want. So what, what would you recommend if a woman didn't like this? How would you? Well, I can't really say anything. Like, I can't really say anything. Like, my best advice is ask for his password, you know, see if he gives it to you. It should be a done deal if he's not hiding anything, but you have to give him your password as well. Or B, you give him the ultimatum. It's like, hey, you either stop following all these girls or I'm leaving. And you actually have to leave if he doesn't want to. But that will show you what kind of man he is. It's like, is he picking the Instagram girls, 
you know, or is he picking your relationship? But you really have to get to that point where it's like, it's either you do this or I'm leaving. That's how I would handle it. I don't know how a man would want a woman to handle it though, because it is a very tricky topic. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that Mike does not have Instagram. And I want to get to that point where I just want to have my bring back femininity Instagram, you know, because I understand how much it consumes everybody well what 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 i would do because you still have yours right so what i would do when i saw you following a guy i would be like why do you need to follow him and then you'd be like yeah you're right and then you would unfollow him right there yeah like it was really easy yeah you know you, you never made it hard and I, and I think that when i still had it i didn't make it hard on you either when you would say you'd call me out on somebody or something and then also i would just eventually feel guilty and we would do it on our own we'd kind of go through who we were following and then we'd start unfollowing the people that were like okay i hooked up with you like years ago and like we kind of stayed in touch and you know whatever or we kind of talked back then and i you know i should i should unfollow you at this point or you know i know that you liked me i didn't like you but i know that you liked me so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to remove that too. So I had, I already had done that, that Same. kind of stuff. I yeah. had a change of heart because I had like a, I just started gaining more respect and the more respect that I had for you, the more that you didn't control me unless you like saw it pop up. Like unless I was watching a story and if it was a guy, you'd be like, who's that? And then I would tell you and you'd be like, okay, why, why do you need to follow him? But, but not in like, a rude way either. Like I, I, that's an important piece. It's all about your tone and how you do it, right? Like if you're coming at it from a vulnerable standpoint, it's it's um, and, and genuinely curious, it's a better way to come about it than be like, yo, don't follow him. Yeah. Like that's, like, don't get me wrong. Like if, if, if push came to shove, I would be that way. Like if I had asked you nicely and was it vulnerable and was like, hey, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you don't do that because it makes me feel X, Y, Z. But if you did it anyway and still did it, then I would be like, yo, enough is enough like unfollow him now because but otherwise then, we're going to have problems but then that's already a red flag well of for course me. i agree but i'm just saying that if push came to shove but a lot of people are in toxic relationships yeah but so. if i had to get to that point with you where you really didn't want to unfollow a girl i'd be like yo screw this like clearly instagram has consumed like i i was always trying to be like the cool girl you know and I guess right. I, I was always trying to be the cool girl and never want to show that like, oh, this, you this bothers me and this like, oh, I don't want him following this girl, but I don't want to say anything because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be jealous or insecure. I want right. to come off that way. But that's not jealous and insecurities. That's that's a level of respect. And those respect are boundaries and common sense. That's boundaries and common sense that as a woman, you need to have for yourself. Well, if and, you don't men, like and men listening to this need to have of their women. Like if your woman is just putting really provocative photos online all the time and she's following a bunch of dudes like, yo, you should be asking questions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one of the biggest proponents of bring back femininity was, was that like you were gaining all these followers. And I started questioning you. I'm like, Hey, what, like, what's the goal here? Like, what are you doing with this? Like, and you were like, yeah, you, you were already thinking that way too. And you're like, if I could flip flop my followers and you know, 90% of them or 85% of them not be men and then actually be women, I would do that in a, in a heartbeat. Cause I don't care about the validation from the men. I like the validation from the women and you didn't even need validation, but you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but that's what's so beautiful about bring back femininity is that it is when we look at the listening audience, it is eighty five percent women, and so you did flip flop this. So it's I'm so proud a, it's of you actually ninety five percent women. Oh, ninety five now. Yeah. Okay, so it's like I, I got what I, I I got what I prayed for, you and, know, because yeah. I literally told him I was like, 
I don't like, but the thing is it's hard because it's not hard, but a lot of women, they make their money off of social media and they're, and they make their money off of the validation of men considering only fans half naked sure, photos but, all of that stuff but, if but you, listen but it's to, still but, one thing to follow them for sure but i feel like both people are at fault i feel like i i read this from this like woman i forgot i think it's sadie psychology the the girl that i was talking about the other day and she was talking about how like nobody's kind of like better than the other person when it comes to this because you have women that are half naked on OnlyFans and are on Instagram, okay? And then they make their money off of the men. And then the men are the ones that are like, I want a good woman, but I'm gonna follow these OnlyFans OnlyFans girls and then I'm gonna pay them subscription fees. So it's kind of like a give and take, take and give. But nobody like set these like boundaries and like requirements and like what if all women just didn't show their bodies instagram would be a completely different place and what if men you know didn't lust over half naked photos or wanted and paid subscription fees and made these women rich and all these things like it's just like a scary time and i heard this girl sadie talking about how it's really hard to be a good woman because there's no market for a good woman it's really hard. A lot of men, they say, I want a traditional woman. I want a girl to do all these things for me. But then you have a man that goes on Instagram and then lusts all these half naked photos. And then when their girl is like, okay, well maybe this guy wants, likes bikini photos. So then this good girl posts a photo in a bikini and then it's like, well, I don't want you doing that. It's like, okay, if you don't want me posting that, why are you lusting over that? Like it's, it's a complete mind fuck pardon my language bad words, bad words. but it's like a, a, it's like a complete manipulation because then a woman is so confused a good woman is so confused because it's like 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 how how do you become like a how do you become a good woman if a man is just going to go for somebody easier you know how are you how do you how are you going to dress sexy and classy and then your man is going to lust over girls in bikinis and filters and all of that stuff like it's just, it's very, very toxic. Like social media is very toxic. And that's why I go to my Bring Back Femininity page and you and I scroll through my Bring Back Femininity page and it's all God, it's all family. It's all, well, my algorithm is on point. Like that's what I like well, to see. It takes effort though to be counterculture because yes. the culture today is that. It is the OnlyFans. It is posting all of the um, the photos on, on it's Instagram. It's the whole culture. It's it, hooking it, up with it, multiple people. It is people. paying for OnlyFans. It is watching porn. That like That is a huge majority of society. So to be counterculture, how do you do that? Well, it takes daily self-work. And that's why me and Ange are so, such a big proponent of God because God makes it so much easier. Like it's it's kind of like you know you take a pill right like uh if you have anxiety every day you take it you take a pill you're not going to be as anxious like if you want to be less lusting you want to be more forgiving you want to be more loving like just read the bible for 10 minutes a day Mm -hmm. you know and pray for five minutes like just work that into your routine and you're going to get the results that you want like because it's very difficult like without that and i know it was for me without god um, because all these things in theory sounded great. Okay, okay, I'll delete my Instagram. You know, I, I won't talk to other girls. I won't lust over them. You know, I won't watch porn. I won't. I won't do all these things. But without God, you know, it it it, it was way more difficult to to be happy in that environment. To be like well, actually genuinely happy with being with one person and being monogamous. 
you need God because it's counter. It's it's actually counterintuitive to the way men were even built too. We were put on earth, you know, scientifically to procreate and to spread our seed as much as we could to, to you know, ensure that our, uh, our you know. Um, Tribe legacy. All right, that right, continues. right. Yeah, continues. And, and our bloodline continues. But where you bring God into the mix is like when you are um, taking that time and building a relationship with him, he just naturally changes your heart. So monogamy becomes this beautiful thing. And that being with one person becomes a thousand times better than being with another woman. That there's this like, there's just this sacred bond that's been built between us. And there's just this so much love that I have in my heart for you and that I have for God. And it just makes life so much better than not being in a relationship and going from girl to girl. But I'm telling you, like, you need God. Like, I'm like us going from being really toxic to less toxic the books helped you know the uh what was the first one we read the um relationship anxiety. relationship anxiety was huge uh reading the um what was the other one the uh, we read we read it we read a ton of them right we, there, we there read a, a good bunch, amount but, of them but each time we read a book like logically we would have better tools yes to treat each other better and live in a better relationship but it was really once we started praying and once we found god did it really then click and it became easy mm-hmm. and the relationship just became like it was like it was almost like this heavy difficulty that we were kind of like getting through life together and like you know we're having to kick down walls together and we're having to now we're dealing with this problem we're dealing with that problem to like now it's just kind of like yeah we're just kind of floating through life and, and it's, it's like, like we give it to god right and it's it's and not that every day is perfect but it's way easier it's yeah. way easier. And the beautiful thing about it, what he was talking about is we, we go to church and they say that like God, he loves marriage, you know, and when you read the Bible, like that's his biggest blessing that he can give to people because it's his like people being married and not getting divorced and actually working through all like the seasons together through thick and thin, literally like the covenant that you make when you say your vows to God, you're saying it and making this whole um, I was, I'd like literally like a covenant with God. And once we like started to understand that more, the marriage and like everything just goes much deeper. And when he talks about being like with only one person and with God, it's so much easier to do so. It's because like you said, it's like counterculture, you know, cause we are so corrupted in this world and you know, we're part of the whole culture. We're, we're, we're part of like hooking up with different people and going from guy to guy and going to girl to girl. But then like when you really read the Bible and it talks about like, do not commit adultery, like love and respect your wife and husband, you know, love your neighbor, like you love yourself, like all these things, that's the commandments and that's the principles that we follow now, not this corrupted world you know, because that's easy to get into. That's every single day around you with the music, social media, it grooms you to be this lonely, independent, miserable person, soulless, like literally soulless and unfulfilled. But then when you read the Bible and it's just so beautiful because then you start following God's plan with God's plan. You feel, you feel so much peace, joy, love. Like you love the person you're with. You don't see anybody else. And it's like, in anybody's right mind, it's like, why wouldn't you want that for yourself? 
Why wouldn't you want peace, love, happiness? Why wouldn't you want to respect your husband? And why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want your husband to love you? So that's how it got so much easier as we started following the rules of God rather than the rules of this corrupted world. Wow. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. That was great. Thank you. Um, my next one is holding grudges. Um, oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. So of course, like some things take time to forgive depending on the situation. But my problem is my problem was that I used to like, um, I used to get mad and I used to stay mad over the small things, you know, like the minor disagreements, even though we would both apologize, I still had that grudge of like, why would he do that? Like, how dare he? And, um, yeah, I would be mad and bitter all day. And I, I, I feel like I just like wasted so much good times doing that, like staying mad, even though Mike said, I'm sorry. And I would say, oh, it's okay. I still was mad. I still wasn't back to being jolly and nice and happy. I was just bitter and mad the rest of the day. And it could have lasted the rest of the day. Maybe sometimes it lasts to the next day. And I messed and I wasted so many good days and so many precious moments doing that rather than just being like, okay, we both said, sorry, you got it. I got it. Cool. Let's go back to it. You know? And now yeah. I'm much better. You're so good. Like last night we got into a little, or this morning, this we morning. did. this morning we got into a little back and forth and it was just like, but also I've learned through, uh, the way of the superior man, that book, um, how to overcome that, uh, those moments. Because again, it's just a feeling of a lack of love. That's mm -hmm. what you felt this morning. We don't need to get into the details over what it was, but it was just like you felt a lack of love. You were crossing your arms. Mm -hmm. You were closed off. And literally the book said, if she's closed off, crossing her arms, grab her arms, literally open her up <laughs> and then give her a huge hug. Keep kissing her, telling her you love her. And it will not take long, gentlemen. It will take literally 0.5 seconds she really it loves was maybe you like it took me like maybe 45 seconds like you're holding out you know you're trying you you know you like it's like because it's hard to let go yeah it is like you want to you want to stay mad because it's like you know i want to make a point that i'm not happy with the way that you you know you did that or, or how you acted or how you talked to me and it's like you, you like you almost like your your mind tricks you like no i need to stay mad because uh i need to make a point and 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 i'm just going to be angry and it's like no 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 i remember when we first started dating i'm like you control your emotions you have so much more than you think you can and you can right now just decide to be happy again it's a decision yeah and it's a matter of and this is where meditation and, and, and prayer and exercise and those types of things really help you um build that 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 strength you know to be because if you're if you're eating like crap and you're not working out and you're not close with god and you know you're not meditating you're not doing anything to strengthen that kind of connection between your brain and your emotions you're going to totally let your emotions control you. But if the more you work on your brain and the more you work on your spirit, the the better or easier it is to be like mad in the moment and then recognize it and be like yeah. as kind of the observer and be like, whoa, okay, I can choose to be mad or I can, can I can just choose to let it go right now. And, and you've gotten so much better at that. Like this morning was so nice. It's like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And let's say a year ago, that would have been a full on fight. That would have been a full on fight. And after Mike probably like started to be lovey dovey and said, sorry, I would have probably still been mad and wanted to keep fighting, going around in circles and circles. And we probably would have ended up like in a, like a toxic day 
because oh, of yeah. me. So my toxic trait was holding grudges, but now it's also because I have God by my side and God I know like doesn't love doesn't want his children mad at each other. So like it's an instant like Hey, he apologized. He got it. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. It's I like choose you just got to be quick to forgive. Yeah, like quick to forgive. And that's what it is. It's, it's such a, it was so small. And that's why I say like, it depends with the situation that you're in. I'm not saying if he completely like breaks your heart and then I say like, forgive him easily. Yeah, that's different. I'm We're talking about like, little day-to-day I'm saying things. like little, yeah, little day-to-day things where he did something that you didn't like and you, you whatever, whatever. But I was like, I'm not, I don't want to waste a day. I wasted so many days being mad. And the only person it really hurt was myself. Right. Other than our relationship and the day that we had, it would really hurt me because it would bother me. It would hurt my soul. And I kept that in me. And now I'm just like, yo, I'm so much happier with just talking it out five minutes max. And let's go, let's get on with our day. Let's start loving each other. Let's start being best friends again. You know that meme where the, it says after a fight and then the woman is uh, face down on the bed, crying her eyes out. Then it shows the man just and he's just sleepy me. like a baby. That was 100% yeah. us because I would let it go. Like I would be like, like I remember when you would prolong it a long time and you would come back four or five hours later, I would approach you and we'd finally make up. And I would say to you in that moment when we finally made up and we were like best friends and mm-hmm. we'd be best friends again, I would look at you and I'd be like, babe, I was ready for this four hours ago. Yeah. I was ready for this moment right here. Yeah. Literally four hours ago when I said X, Y, Z, I was good. I was willing to let it go and I was totally ready. Yeah. And you'd say, well, I, that's not possible for me. I need time. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm young and you would use that as the excuse. And, and it was a valid excuse. You were young and you know, I still am. <laughs> you Don't are, you still are. You're very, I'm you're a little very, baby. Angel. Yeah. You're a little baby. Angel. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, you know, it's so beautiful to see the maturity that you've, that you've, uh, how you've grown in that maturity where you know, as well as I, if we let this go, if we are mad at each other, we're just hurting ourselves. But it's also like if in four to five hours, him and I are going to talk it out and we're going to be good again. What's the point of prolonging it for so long where it can literally last five minutes and then we can, you know, fast forward to saying, hey, love you, best friends, best friends, and then go on with our day without wasting that time. Right, like a half a day being and that was Because we had those a lot. Exactly, and, but that was my lack of immaturity because I thought I wanted to stay mad and I wanted to fester in it and go down like a downward spiral. But now, and literally with the help of God, it's so much easier because all I hear in a voice in my head is like, forgive, forgive. And it's like, okay. Hey, what's up? Best friends. Let's go back to being loving. And I actually, I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, best friends. And then like, I'm still thinking about it. It's like out of sight, out of mind, done. It's forgotten. It also changes when you're in it forever. Like if you're in the forever mindset, it really changes things because it puts things in perspective. It's like, if I'm going to be in this with this person forever, like I'm going to work this out as fast as I can yes. because what's the point? Like yeah. I'm going to be with you forever anyway. So why am I going to sit here and be miserable for yeah. even a moment? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like it's just like if I'm if I'm stuck with you more or less, right? And I've decided to be stuck with you no matter what, then it's going to make forgiving way easier because I'm just like, okay, well you're stuck to my hip forever. I mean, if you're mad, I'm mad. If you're miserable, I'm miserable. So how do I make you happier and you make me happier? And then we can just kind of keep living our jolly lives. No, literally. And then like thinking about it, it's just like, 
are, like we used to fight like a lot and now we don't even count our little disagreements as like fighting because we just make up so fast and I'm so grateful for that but I know this has been an hour and I guess we have to go to part two because I still have a lot of things. Oh, do you really? Okay, yeah. good. Well, this is good. This has been really an awesome like one. Me too. And the only reason we have to stop early today is because I have to catch a flight. But um, yeah, I mean, like I'm literally headed straight for the airport. I'm going to yeah. miss you so much. I'm going to miss you. you know, well, we're really. going to say a proper goodbye later. Right? <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. But I feel like this was like a really good therapy session. It really was. You right? know, it was a great opportunity to really reflect on how far we've come. Yes. Because it's it's... Yeah, I mean, it really is incredible because we were the toxic couple. We were the ones screaming and, and, and fighting and being manipulative and, and uh, gaslighting and, and doing... Narcissistic, oh, narcissistic all of Narcissistic and, and uh, not loving and not giving and, and, and threatening. And we went from that to like the exact opposite. Literally. And it's been life-changing. Like yeah. literally life-changing. But we knew... we God, knew life that, is so freaking good. But it's also because like I, so knew you, I knew you were my person and you knew and you know that I'm your person. Yeah. So it makes it so much easier when you're just like, well, you're the person that I want and I'm the person that you want. So how do we get through this time together? How do we grow? And that's exactly what we did. As Mike and I, we, choose, we chose to grow together rather than grow apart. We did the work together and we did our, and we did our separate work ourselves to get to this point. And we got a lot more work ahead because- A lot like, more no work. It's a how, constant learning. Exactly. Everybody's changing every single and year. And situations are happening, yeah. right? We haven't, you know, God forbid, we're gonna have to deal with death in our families one day. We're gonna have to deal with loss of, of income or there's gonna be uh, or even illness. Having children. There's gonna be illness. There's gonna be children that happen. There's gonna be- there's, there's 100%, there's going to be accidents. There's going to be things that happen in our future. So it's an, it's a never ending thing, but as long as we both put in the work individually and we, and we focus on God, yes. then naturally we will make it and we'll survive because we're putting him at the, like the forefront. Well, yeah, God is our foundation now right. and he makes all these toxic traits to overcome so much easier. We're just having the word of God in every single day. It makes it. 10 times more easier. But like we're saying, it's like, hey, toxic people change. Don't think you're stuck in a permanent position forever. The first step is admitting that you can be toxic. You can't be oblivious. You can't be naive. You can't just think everybody else is the problem, that you're perfect, that you're great. Because I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna last. So the first step is admitting it, admitting that you can be toxic, admitting that you have certain traits. And maybe it's the certain, maybe it's traits that we already listed already, or that we're going to list in part two next week. But the first step is admitting it. The second one is actually doing the work and implementing the work to change the research, being self-aware. Self-aware is huge. Like you really have to be self-aware of when you are acting toxic and what you can choose to kind of make it more positive. So I hope, yeah, this episode was great. It definitely was a therapy session. Mike has to head to the airport and we will talk to you guys next week. And then next week we'll tell you, I guess we'll just talk about our bachelor and bachelorette parties. And then we'll talk about part two of toxic things we used to do. See you later. Bye. Talk to you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and follow. And if you want more people part of this femininity journey, please share. You never know who needs to hear it. Stay tuned every Monday for a new episode. Till next time.